Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. You can maybe, if you're listening, hear my smile. <laughs> That's a thing. It's a real thing. And uh, yeah, all three of us are, uh, are, are smiling these days, uh, which is a good thing. Uh, a lot of times we have Max and Terry with us, but you know what? Terry's got a family thing, so we've, we've called in a favor, right? He's... He's back. Mm-hmm. You, you, everybody, you're going to hear his voice in a second. And if you're looking at him, you're welcome, everybody. But, yeah, Dave, Dave is back. Dave, great to see you again, man. Thank you. I'm not sure how I, uh, how I follow up on that uh, introduction there, Jerry. Thank you. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's great to be on again. Uh, it's a little yeah, bit I, harder I, than I'd like it to be to get on, but it's good to pop in every so often, so to speak. Ah. Very, very welcome to have you, man. Anytime, anytime, obviously. We could be rolling four deep, and Dave says he wants to be on. We'll find a way to make that frame fit five. See how that would work? I'm sure you yeah. will, mate. <laughs> um, so, I, and, and you know, I said I would do this a little bit later, but those of you who are watching also may notice, Max looks, he's normally just looks crisp and clean and varied, but he stayed up a little late last night, everybody. We we beat United 4-0. We kind of just, it was a choke slam of a game. You know what I mean? So Max has earned it. So if you see Max yawning, looking a little, yeah, young fella's earned it. All right? <laughs> see, this that, that's kind of how I see my day plan those. And then by 9 p.m. last night, I was just conked out on the couch. So it just shows the... Uh, even me, the age is catching up a little bit. So fair play, Max, for sticking that one out. Yeah, no kidding. I, I'm just trying to fathom the amount of drinks you had and just thinking, uh, probably half of the first one would have put me uh, <laughs> out of commission the next day. So he's he's scrapping. Just saying, he's he's got a he's got a good heart to be back on the show this uh, today. Uh, I feel like you've missed out a really important part of the story is that he got the first train home this morning, which is a badge of honour, I must say. It's been a long time since I wore that badge, but uh, fair play, mate, fair play. I think if I understood the concept of train travel more... (laughs) Right now I'm like, wait, how early is first train? I don't don't even know. I, I, I wish we had more trains. Sadly, oh. mm. gets 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 the world's half five and it's just like a waiting game. Oh hell! So yeah. it was you. You just had an all nighter, my friend. Yeah, you can feel yourself melting, but you've just got <laughs> you've got to call upon human resilience, haven't you? Really? Where's the um, where's where's still open at that time now in Liverpool? The Raz, isn't it? The Raz, yeah. Some things never change. Shouts <laughs> out to the Raz. Good sponsor us, please. <laughs> you know the catch will start there. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'll wear it in, or around in Winston Salem in America, and people will be like, "Wait, what is that?" You know, well, it, like, it, 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 that's it, called it, the Razzle going uh, going global, isn't it? I think yeah. It takes the piss out of the Make America Great Again hat, basically. <laughs> it's, just, it's just red and got red like white text. The Raz. Uh <laughs> Yeah, okay, I'm down with wearing, you know, Roz, I will wear one of your hats, and I'll probably wear it all the time if you see my hair right now, yeah. Uh, 
So, yeah, sponsor us. We love it. Uh, so we do need to really quickly drop a line on, on what Dave's doing nowadays just because I'm – you see, if you follow him on Twitter, which you probably do if you support Everton and you're on Twitter, uh, he's shooting out a lot of content, Everton-based, but also other clubs as well. Um, so, Dave, you want to talk to people about what you're working on right now? And I, I've seen a lot of really insightful content come out. And it's often stats-motivated, mm. uh, which is your, you know, your penchant. Yeah, yeah, it is your bag. Uh, you want to talk mm. a little bit about that, though? Yeah, so I um, I'm employed by Reach PLC, who were formerly uh, Trinity Mirror, where, who most will probably know them as, um, and they own the likes of the Liverpool Echo, Manchester Evening News, um, Newcastle Chronicle, Birmingham, Birmingham Live Football, London, all those kind of well-known regional outlets. Um, and yeah, my role, along with another lad, Josh Williams, who's actually definitely worth a follow. The only downside is he's, he's a Liverpool fan. Uh, but we all have our crosses to bear, don't we? Uh, but he's got some really good content as, as well. Uh, and the pair of us have been brought in as basically analyst scouting writers um, for the whole group. So, yeah, although I try and do as much Everton content as I can, there'll be a lot of Liverpool stuff in there. Um, there'll be the Manchester-based clubs, London clubs. There's there's an array out there. So um, it's a real mixed bag, but it's enjoyable. Um so yeah, that's basically eats up a lot of a lot of my time, but I enjoy it, and there's definitely no complaints whatsoever from my part. You're kind of doing a lot of the stuff you really wanted to do, like when we were talking to you. You know, you you're getting to sit there and analyze stats. You're getting to sit mm. there and, and apply that to like football match analysis. That seems like it's right in your wheelhouse, man. Yeah, well, you know, it's these things, and it's it's for you know, there's many people aspiring to do it, and I was I was like that, and they just take a lot of time and a lot of hard work, and you know, you're gonna have to put your work out there anywhere and everywhere. A lot of the time, you might not even get paid, but you know, it it it, it does pay dividends in the long term as long as you just keep at it. Um, especially so much good content out there. If your stuff's good enough, it will be seen. Um, like, so obviously, Max and stuff, his stuff's brilliant. It won't be long before he's on that path once he's finished uni. And okay. There's a few others out there. But, you know, I, I'm not just saying that because he's here. I'd say it to him. It was just me and him. But it's true. Um, so, you know, it's. Um, I'm just really lucky that I got my kind of break. Um, and, yeah, I'm enjoying it. So, long may continue and hopefully some more good stuff to come out. Yeah, I just want to throw it out there, but these both you guys, really, really hard workers. Uh, it's not something that, you know, came super easily for David. You know, Dave worked his ass off, and I know for a fact Max is – I mean, he's doing a, a pod, you know, right now after a, a harsh night out because I mean, these guys just work really hard to, to be able to – you know, you know, Max is aspiring to have a career in this, and clearly he's on the path. And Dave worked his ass off to make it and get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, that's that's one of the things. Like you know, working in like film and video here in the states, it's it's not just make one movie and all of a sudden everything's golden. It's constant, 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 and you just don't stop. It's sort of mm. your life, you know. So yeah. that's the thing. A difference in what you guys are doing and what I do. My my job is a little different, and Everton is just a, a, an obsession of mine that my friends sort of know about. 
<laughs> like a secret life. Yeah, it is. It mm-hmm. is like this is uh, this really is, uh, you know, my my identity, my secret identity. So, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, gents, we need to we do need to move on to actually talk about uh, about Everton because. You know, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, we're gonna for the podcast listeners out there. Uh, we're gonna start with a Man United reaction. Um, like I said before, choke slam. It was just an absolute beatdown. And for the United listeners out there, I'm sorry for using such such aggressive language. But you know, it's one of the few times we've just absolutely beat someone down. So hey, you know, give it to us for God's sake. Uh, next, we're going we're gonna to talk about the U23s. Uh, we led with this last podcast, and we talked about how uh, we wanted to go more in-depth. Well, guess what? David's here, and we're going to go more in-depth. We're going to talk about more of the, the individual players that may have some uh, first-team potential. Uh, you know, the U23s are champions, and Unsworth's the manager. What are things going to look like moving forward? It's just a lot to discuss with the U23s. Uh, and it's just timely because Dave's here. So we'll go into that, and then we'll uh, we'll have a uh, uh, if you know your history quiz. We're gonna we're gonna try to we're, it's gonna be a shootout style quiz with uh, it's not a starting eleven quiz. Uh, so yeah, uh, and there's no math, not real math involved, Max. So it's not one of those. You can take take a breath. <laughs> It'll be all right. <laughs> I think if you give me much right now, I'm just saying it's just no. <laughs> just give up immediately. <laughs> and then Max passed out on his keyboard. So, yeah, uh, so we'll go to that last. Um, but, guys, uh, United reaction, match reaction, 4 0 Everton. Um, I want to start uh, just to kind of be a little bit more fun. I. Uh, Dave, which was which was your favorite goal of the four? See, we just can't mm-hmm. say this often. Normally, it's like, oh, you know, two choice of two. No, we got four choices this time. Which which one of mm. yours thought? You know what? That's the one that really, you know, got me excited. Well, for me, I don't know. I, I put a thread out there today that you may have may not have seen. Um, looking at the first goal, Richardson's goal. That for me was the favorite. Now I know the Sigurdsson and. Luca Dean's strikes were unbelievable. Um, even Walcott's finish was fantastic. But what I love about that first goal was the the detail that's obviously gone into that on the training ground. Um, because it, hopefully people will listen to this and go and have a look at the thread on Twitter. Basically, that goal and the build-up to it was a complete carbon copy to Jagielka's goal against Arsenal in the sense that how we set up from the throw where the throw was uh, delivered into, the flick on. And then, obviously, on Sunday, uh, Charleston's done that fantastic overhead kick. What a lot of people, including myself, missed against Arsenal was he went to do that exact same over- overhead kick. Uh, but Calvert-Lewin gets in the way and then the ball kind of bobbles towards Jagielka, thankfully, and he, he scores it. Uh, but just, just to know that they've obviously spent a lot of time on the training ground, perfecting that whole move, and then to see it in such a big game lead to a goal, uh, it was just fantastic. Great goal. Yeah, I I was gonna pretend that I had not seen that thread, and like <laughs> and like pretend like it was my analysis, and just watch your face, David. But you beat me to it. 
totally ruined it. Like I was, yeah, I didn't even like it. You would have broke my heart. There, Jerry, I was literally just going to sit here and bite my lip and watch you. <laughs> no, it's. I mean, it's a, it's an awesome thread. I I read it, and uh, the only reason I didn't like it is because I didn't want to blow my cover. Uh, mm-hmm. No, it's it's. You, one, you <laughs> but it, honestly, uh, it's one of those things where I when I watch a lot of a lot of games, I don't understand why more teams aren't thinking about those types of opportunities you know i mean every i'm not an experienced you know coach but when i was coaching we always had one kid who could throw the ball a mile and we treated those like corner kick plays and honestly Mm. we scored often on those long throws Mm. just because for some reason teams are not as prepared for them they're not thinking them as goal scoring opportunities but when you got a guy like luca dean who can put it like right there at the you know at the kind of I guess near where the six the corner of the six yeah just yeah. putting it right there for that guy to flick on I mean mm-hmm. why not it makes sense really if you actually think about the technique it's it it's you know with a cross a lot of time you can put it in and around an area but it's more difficult with your foot to control where you deliver a ball whereas a throw in it's a lot easier to just kind of put it in a specific area so you can then attack that especially with throw-ins uh, everyone's in a standing position if you can just get an attack enough to get a flick on as they've been trying to do and then you've got someone of Richarlison's quality to to do something with it in the middle then it does make sense and there's been rumours that Liverpool brought in a throwing coach this season which initially was sniggered at but uh, it speaks for itself and when you think of how successful Delap was at Stoke for those couple of seasons as well I mean I remember one time a, a goalkeeper kicking it out for a corner rather than a throw-in, just simply to avoid a Delap throw. Uh, did you, did, were you around on the Delap days, Jerry? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, just to give give a bit, Max would back me up here, to give it a bit of context, there's a guy called Rory Delap uh, at Stoke around the late noughties, and he had this unbelievable like cannon-like throw that he could put straight into the box from... Sometimes it felt he was near the halfway line, but it was just phenomenal. And it got to a stage where Stoke had like ball boys with towels ready. Yeah, yeah, you remember, don't you, Max? I let Max finish it off, but it was um, it, it became such an asset for them that teams were petrified of it going out for throwing. No, yeah, hundred percent. And you know, they they had quite a a, a um, I know a, like common trait of being like a rugby team, basically, just how rough they were and. Whenever you know, whenever they used to get a throw in, Stoke fans used to cheer like you know, there's a goal. Yeah. Was, you know, more often than not, it led to a goal scoring opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's right. Uh, Max, which of uh, which of the? Oh, by the way, I'm going to look up Delap Stoke now. I've got to start. Yeah, I've, I've got to check yeah, that out. To check uh, but Max, your uh, your favorite goal from the weekend? Because I, I got to be honest, the uh, the Richarlison goal was my favorite because of exactly the fact of the design of it. What was what was yours? Mm-hmm. Well, it would have been that Gilfie Sigurdsson corner if it wasn't for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a good call. Great call. I don't know, 3-0 three, three up and you score a corner, like, that's when you know you're taking the piss. But um, I'd just like to back the corner of the, you know, the, the creator of the first goal, Luca Dean. Mm. Um, again, similar points to the to the um, the first goal. We're becoming, you know, a consistent threat from set pieces now. That was originally from a corner. Mm. Comes out on the half volley across his body, um, strikes it perfectly, lifts the goal, lifts the goal off his hinges, 
Like, it was just uh, when that third goal went in, as I said, it just it had that. It was as if we were taking the piss, you know what I mean? It was like it, it became a more relaxed atmosphere around the ground, and it was like celebratory. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was it was uh, really amusing to see, like particularly those first three goals. Like each one was better than the other. Almost in a sense. The technique um, for that think, one, man. The technique was just in the patience required to be able to calm yourself and kind of walk a little bit backwards to kind of ah. Yeah, and guide it across yeah. your body. It was yeah, absolutely the, fantastic. I feel like the best compliment I could give that goal was when I first watch it, I think it's took a deflection on the way in. But, I mean, there was a for me. Yeah, I suppose it varies where you watch it, but there was that many bodies there. Thought it's obviously going wide. Took a deflection. It's caught. The gale off guard, maybe, but when you watch it again, it, as as you both say, the technique is so good that it, it just it's it's faultless. The finish is faultless. Um, it was a great goal. Yeah, it's funny. Like yesterday afternoon, uh, took took Bennett out to practice, um, and he's six. And what he wanted to do was practice curving in corners, like Sigurd mm. said, and he wanted to practice yeah. throw ins. Like Luca D <laughs> trying to like be because at their age, like hardly anybody can throw the ball very well. You know, it's no. it's actually sort of hilarious the way it almost turns into like a jump shot from basketball. But <laughs> sat there and practiced that for a while. And I know there had to be people watching, like, why are they practicing throw-ins? But for the exact reason why you practice throw because it's an additional weapon that your team can utilize. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. um, so uh, let's get on to uh, most important player you thought because everybody played well, you know. Max, who you thought? Who do you think the most important player was yesterday? Gofi Sigurdsson. He's just absolutely sensational. I'd, I'd go as far to say that was his best game in an Everton kit. I think that was his fifth career goal against Manchester United too. So it's good to see he's got that in his yeah. life, you know. Big goal against big teams. Um, yeah, it was just so intelligent. And when I was watching match of the day, I think Martin Keown hit the nail on the head. He is, you know, he's the brain, isn't he? Mm. Uh, and he, you know, he polarizes opinion because on his off days, he's almost like a passenger. But when he's got that influence over a game, when his, you know, when his first touch is there, and he's he, he runs, he closes down every ball, and he's playing with conviction. Like he's just a joy to watch. Um, and that that goal. How it kind of went from back to front in the counter attack and transition was absolutely fantastic, and I think Adrissa Gay deserves a compliment for that too. And how he carried mm. it forward because I know his his decision making on the ball has been heavily criticised since he's been at the club. And you know, if there's any indicator that it's getting better, he did lay that ball off, which is still a lot to do for Sigurdsson. Mm. But you know, that that's Sigurdsson's bread and butter, isn't it? Getting receiving the ball from range and, and finding the target. Um, to be, to, you know, to to play devil's advocate, I, I I do agree that you know United were nowhere near as good. You know they, they didn't make it as compet- anywhere near as competitive as the children, and you know they were they were half-heartedly closing balls down, and you know they were losing every first, second, and third ball. But you know take nothing away from from Gilfie Sigurdsson. I thought he was absolutely sensational. The the assist for Walcott's goal as well. Yeah, Matic was really slow closing down Sigurdsson on that goal. Really slow. Didn't really get tight on him at all. Uh, but Sigurdsson's uh, pressing, his pressing work has, I mean, I, I knew he was a hard worker, but when you actually see how many people he closes down and how he's closing down those passing lanes, uh, his work with Calvert-Lewin kind of up front, like work with him working together, uh, it's, it's like they're all, they're starting to actually think together and they're on board with what Silva's trying to do. Uh, it's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Sigurdsson's the first name I wrote down. 
Uh, I wrote down some others, though. Um, Dave, who do you think uh, was the most important player yesterday? Uh, and if you thought Sigurdsson, cool, but yeah. if you want to go with someone else, that's totally fine. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Sigurdsson again. I, I will I, I will go make a, a small comment on Sigurdsson because um, he was phenomenal again. And it, it, I, I love how the guy was getting a lot of uh, criticism for the goal they conceded against him. But for me, I just think he hits the ball so true and so quick that he doesn't give the goalkeeper any time to prepare to kind of make that save, mm. um, which at what point do we credit the player for taking that shot rather than blaming the goalkeeper? No, none of us and even the pundits in the studios, you know, they haven't got a patch on their goalkeeper knowledge or skill compared to the Gaia. And for him to struggle with it, for me, that's a that's a, a credit to the mm. player who takes the shot. Thought yeah. he's fantastic again. And just Sigurdsson on the whole, you know, certainly a couple of months ago, it was quite popular to be calling for him to be dropped and you know people are counting how many touches he has and as Max touched on how he's invisible and I, I, I this, this is what they all this is what they were all kind of clinging on to a little bit when Everton weren't playing well but you know I, I put a, a tweet out on it yesterday and it's something I've been saying behind behind the scenes a little bit to to a few and work if you know if we were to change the system the way people want so basically pull Sigurdsson out so we can play a different formation is, was the argument. If we do that, straight away you need that amended formation to find 13 league goals and then some to justify his remo- removal from the squad, which for me just seems ludicrous. Max has said he, he was the best player on the pitch and he's been the best player for a few times and you know he, he, he'll always guarantee you at least one you know, defence-splitting pass in a game and it might not always be converted, but... He was phenomenal again. I, I probably not my maybe second man to match to Calvert Lewin just because he had a difficult game at Fulham like they all did. But he, either side of that, really, he's been phenomenal. And again, he was just doing all that hard work. And Everton have got the fourth best pressing numbers in the in the Premier League, and I think a lot of it's down to his hard work at the top, impressing the the centre backs and. I wasn't surprised Everton found it quite easy yesterday because stylistically United couldn't have come up with a worse side. Our press is fantastic. They're terrible with the ball at the back. Mm. Uh, so a lot of it goes to Calvert-Lewin so he, he, he gets a nod off me. Yeah, he's literally doing everything except scoring goals and I feel like the goals are going to mm-hmm. come. You know, he's just yeah, doing a lot of stuff that uh, other strikers don't really deem important. They almost feel like some strikers yeah. feel like they're they're too good for it. You know what I mean? Like they shouldn't yeah. have to deal with it. I'm not talking about any particular well, striker. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I was going to say, maybe some are. Maybe these elite elite strikers are going to score 30 goals a season. <laughs> fine. But, you know, Calvert-Lewin isn't going to do that. But instead he's identified, listen, I'm not going to score 20 goals a season. But I'm going to make myself indispensable in other ways. And hopefully the goals will come. Which is a credit to him. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. Uh, I want to spare a thought for somebody who wasn't really supposed to be starting yesterday, but uh, because of the suspension to Gomez, Max's man crush. You know what? He came in and defended well. He played well. I I was worried. I was worried because I I actually thought he was still injured. I thought he was still hurt. But Mm. 
More touches, more touches than any other Everton <laughs> player on the pitch. Good. It's I don't. Yeah. What are we going to do with this guy? This is so. It's like you know when he comes in, we play well and we defend well. Clean sheets. You know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's weird because in in the preview for the game, we were kind of leaning more in favour of seeing because I mean uh, the initial discussion started on Tom uh, Davies. On yeah, Tom Davies. That for me was kind of predicated on. If Man United play McTominay, mm. then you kind of just put Davies in there to match for legs. But Snyder, one hundred percent compensated Great. for that perfectly. You know, and as always, when he's on form, he complemented the defence excellently. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm feeling very smug about myself because after Everton beat Cardiff, I basically put it down to Snyder. Um, and if you remember that the landscape was a lot different then because we we were terrible. We haven't been winning games, and it was. It was just looking a little bit precarious, wasn't it? And we went and won three 0 Cardiff, and I thought his impact on the team was massive in the sense that he anchored the side, let the two wing backs push on. Um, I just done it perfectly, and then he, he didn't done the same against Liverpool on the, the, mm-hmm. the, the game following, and then he was dropped against Newcastle, and we went and got beat. But I'm not. I don't think the two were linked because we actually played well. Newcastle was just really unlucky in that. Uh, or stupid in that last half hour or so but I wasn't surprised that um, he ended up having a good game because when he's asked to do that role he does it well but like you two certainly in my preview I I thought Davis should have been the guy to come in given his age and probably his importance to the side long term compared to Schneiderlin but hats off again yeah he's Schneiderlin come in and done done a good job yeah, just because you mentioned the Liverpool game there, I just want to throw the question out there: Do we think the sirens have a psychological advantage? <laughs> bring, like, I, I think it's got to be raised as a legitimate question now. You know, no, no goals conceded since we've introduced it, mm. and the the atmosphere is a hundred percent better. Like, it's significantly yeah. improved. I, I genuinely think it adds some sort of psychological advantage to the players and the fans. Yeah, I I really I really like it, really enjoy it, uh, and it definitely has had an impact. But if we look at that run, we've had Liverpool at home, big massive game. Probably one of them, it did that felt massive this season because of obviously how good they are this year. You, then you've got Chelsea, another big game, uh, Arsenal, um, and then United. I'd be interested to see like a Burnley at home on a Wednesday night where it would have the same same impact. Well, uh, that was always, you know, the biggest point of discussion, particularly for Silvers, that you know we haven't been we haven't been winning against these top six teams. Mm-hmm. And when was that? The first time we beat Man United since what, 2015? Yeah, so, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was quite so, a few games. Yeah, it adds that edge for those big games. Or, yeah, it? no, I, I love, I, I do, I like it. Um, I, I agree and. Go on, oh no, you're good, man. I was listening. <laughs> I mean, you guys are getting into the exact question I had, though. So it's kind of a it's pretty mm. pretty good uh, psychic job by by you guys. Uh, I was going to say uh, this momentum that we have at home. I mean, uh, they've done a really. I mean, I, it was that group, the originals, that have been a big part of trying to bring a, a legitimate, like, bring an atmosphere. You know, inject more atmosphere into Goodison, a, a stadium that's already conducive to being like really loud and they're, they're they can kind of made some suggestions and a lot of people have been uh the sirens I, I gotta be honest when i watch it on on tv they play the sirens and the, and they're in the tunnel 
I watched because I'm a nerd. I watched some fan videos of like outside the stadium, and I wish on TV they would play it outside yeah. the stadium to heal, hear the crowd better, to hear the sirens better. I think atmospherically mm-hmm. it would be so much better for for viewers at home to actually appreciate that. Certain stadiums they do that, and it is a, it is. A, mm-hmm. But yeah. things like that. How do we maintain this kind of why our play is just seems like you know when we went to Fulham it was lacking severely compared to mm. our our home form. Uh, is it home mm. versus away form and uh, you know just momentum and mojo from the crowd you know you know sustaining our squad or is it just something just up here psychologically we need to get a little bit tougher to be more consistent. Um, I I think consistency is the big one. See, the Fulham defeat last week, although it was a real kick in the teeth, my opinion was something was going to give eventually because there's, if you look at Everton, Wolves, Watford, uh, even West Ham, Leicester, they, they have all got decent core sides. Like, they are good teams. And on the day, they're, they're, they're as good as a top six side. But there's a, there's a reason why those sides, including us, teetering seventh and below, and the top six are both because... They just can't do it consistently week in, week out. And that's Everton's problem. So it, it almost feels once you, you can put a good run on, but it, until you build that consistency, um, it's not going to last. And that's what happened to Fulham. And I just think away form in general has been a real Achilles heel for Everton for a long time. Um, I know we had a good result at West Ham, but we've never really had a season since perhaps Martinez's first where we've been a great away side. Um, so I think away form is a massive one I don't really know what the blame is maybe there's that kind of mental fragility but I think these results at home have been massive to build on that because we haven't beat the top six side in how long and now to beat three of them hold Liverpool as well which you know we we poke fun at Liverpool but they are a phenomenal side this season so to keep them out as well I think there's there's been a bit of a, a monkey shaking off the back um, so it, it's been an Progress, interesting period. Essentially, it's just it's it's a step. Progress. It's a step. This whole thing is a process. It's not going to be an overnight thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's that's the way I'm looking at this. I we we go into every game thinking, mm-hmm. you know what, we can actually win this instead of, oh hell, let's just bunker back and park the bus. You know what I mean? We're actually having a go at everyone. Love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Max, uh, I've, I've yeah. heard it said that we have trouble with teams that don't really go at us as much, and that's why we're playing a little bit stronger against some of these top six sides lately because other team is kind of possessing the ball more, and then we're kind of pressing, getting the ball, and then turn it, turning it over really quick and countering. Uh, but with Fulham, it was more us possessing. You know what I mean? Uh, what, how do you feel mm. about that? Well, I think that's complement to our, the you know mm-hmm. the pressing game that's been implemented by Marco Silver and you know like Dave is really good at the fourth best in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, you know, and like I've said previously, I don't think the top six sides. I mean, the, well, those in contention for a Champions League space, so the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United. I don't think they've been as consistent or as you know uh, as elite as they have in, in previous years. So I think, you know, by that token, we have capitalised on some of their misfortunes. But, you know, but as you see in mainstream media, the, you know, the immediate shift seems to be on how poor 
you know, insert here, Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester United have been. But obviously, after after the performance like that, you know, with four goals, was you know we're seeing that clinical edge now. We're we're converting those chances. So you, you know you've got to give us a you've got to give Everton the due. Um, well, so, just yeah. on Max, on Max's point there with, with talking about clinical edge, I just had a look and Everton's xG, which is basically expected goals, which assesses like the the quality of a chance and gives it a, a score from zero to one, basically. I'll try not to go too into it now in case people don't care about it and they'll just be bored, which does happen. Uh, but Evans XG was about 0.95 yesterday, which theoretically means, given the chances they had, they should have scored around one goal rather than four. So what that kind of shows you is Everton were clinical in the chances they had, um, which makes sense if you think it's Sigurdsson's shot and Dean's shot like nine times out of ten they wouldn't have led to goals but such was the the quality of the strikes they did um, so I think he's spot on in what Max is saying about how, mm-hmm. how clinical they were on Sunday yeah um, 15 shots 8 on target it just yeah. you know, it seems to be commonplace in my, you know as I said I, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I like to see this emerging as a characteristic of a Marco Silva side it's like laws of averages you know have a pop, have a pop. If you don't buy a ticket, you're not going to win the lottery. To use the most overused cliche in football <laughs> history, but you know we're 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 getting shots in on goal and the the goal. The other now, thing is, is great to see. United's first shot on goal wasn't until like what the 86th minute. Yeah, I mean, and that is another trend that's that, yeah. starting to happen. We're holding teams to very few shots and even fewer shots on goal. That's nice. Yeah, we've got to give, we've got we've got to give the defense. The you know full complement to that performance yeah. and Keane you know they kept tab- they kept tabs on the likes of Lukaku and, and oh and Seamus well and fucking Coleman the- yes <laughs> <Back> from the <laughs> dead <laughs> yeah I was I, I the oh, fact that he well. took that long break and came back and he just seemed like a different dude that's awesome yeah. yeah. Hey, by the way, did I noticed him towards the end of that game struggling with his shoulder? He was complaining about yeah. something. I didn't see what happened. He looked like he was complaining to the linesman or something. Like, didn't didn't you see that? But I didn't see it. Yeah, I saw it. I, yeah, I see. He needed them, um, you know, post match media duties, and it, it didn't, you know, didn't look. Well, not not that this is an exclusive, but um, I was fortunately eavesdropping, dropping, dropping. <laughs> Dropping, <laughs> fix that please, Jerry. <laughs> um, yeah, I was part of my kind of responsibilities. I have to go in the tunnel after the game to get the referee's card just to check all the stats add up. Um, and Coleman went past and somebody did say to him, uh, how's the shoulder? He said, oh, it's fine, it's fine. And give it like a little, so fingers crossed, that shouldn't be anything long term. I hope anyway, because he, he has been really yeah. good to his credit. All right. Last thing, make it quick, only because it's a sore. I, 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 I don't know how to feel about it, but would you have would you have Lukaku back at this point, Max? Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah. How, how for how much? Oh, pressing me a bit there. I think give you an evaluation on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm, I've been I've been watching a lot more of Yusuf Paulson for um. Leipzig lately, and I'm more in favour of getting someone mm-hmm. and like him in. So I'd rather go for him than Lukaku. But 
How much did we 70, originally sell them for? Seventy-five like or something. Yeah, wouldn't be anywhere. And that's not including like the add-ons, 50. I believe. So, uh, what do you what do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he did seem a little salty after the game. I think he deleted. There was like a a goodbye Instagram message or something from Everton, and he deleted it. I think he's 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 a little angry. Uh, it's just banter, man. Just banter. Yeah. Right? He's, got, uh, he's, got, uh, he's got an absolute cheek after that performance at Old Trafford just yep. after he left. That's what I'm talking oh, about. God. Uh, I think I, I think I got caught on camera on on Sky Sports giving him giving him a mouthful. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. I'm so angry. I didn't. We didn't have that. I or I somehow missed it because if ah, uh, Dave, would you have him? I um, I wouldn't have him back. No, I think. And I, I, I'm not in the camp of hating him and saying he was he was crap and this mm-hmm. and I scored a lot of goals for us, but um, I'm hoping Everton have got a kind of new identity going forward, um, potentially looking at you know young exciting players and obviously I know Lukaku's still young in the grand scheme of things, but I'd like to think Brands maybe has a different direction and I just I don't know, I just I don't really see Lukaku in the plans or want him to be in the You know, Max, I, I actually think Paulson fits the mold of what Everton are doing moving forward compared to Lukaku. Like, I think he fits it more, you know. Yeah, good um, I And I don't know that – I mean, it's it's hard to sit there and be like, well, if Lukaku cost you 30, 30 million, you, you – I mean, it's hard not to take him at that point. But he's not. He's not going to cost that much. Mm. It's going to be 50, 60, and you want to make sure – that you're, but honestly, I have an issue with with his attitude. Still, I do. You know what I mean? There's something that Calvert Lewin is doing, attitude wise, selfless, that that Lukaku just never really did. You know, I think there's a distinct hmm. difference. And plus, if we if, if we remember his quotes as well when he left, and he talked about how Everton would set up in a certain way against the bigger teams, which was kind of sit back and wait to counter we haven't really changed that kind of philosophy but he was right. talking about it negatively um whereas Cal- you couldn't imagine Calvert-Lewin having complain chasing balls down so um I'd take him for those goals which I assume probably what you were alluding to Max but yeah it's tough else. um yeah and that's the thing like I we were watching the game and the, the crowd was booing Lukaku and my you know my kid but it's like, I don't hate Lukaku. And I'm like, I, I know. I'm with you. All right. But maybe he shouldn't talk bad about Everton. You know? Maybe maybe yeah. that's why they're they're booing him. You know? So, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, Ever- Everton 4, United nil, just like we predicted on our match preview. I said four goals. Oh! And, you know, didn't know how. I don't, I don't know if you, everybody just, caught that. That was that was Max clutching at straws, just just reaching so far. Winning on a technicality, <laughs> I think they call it. Yeah, mm-hmm. none of us picked a win. Um, Max and I were the closest picking draws. So there, there we go. So yeah, I'm trying to just ride on Max's like claim on that too. Uh, but that's it for our reaction. Uh, stay tuned. We got a U23 segment. We're going to go a little bit more in detail about the, the squad. They, they're the champions of uh, Premier League 2. So we're going to talk about that with, uh, with Dave here. And uh, uh, when I say we, I was talking about Max because he's, he's sort of a regular now. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 
and we're going to be talking about uh, the Premier League 2 champion, uh, yeah, Everton squad, the U23s. They they just beat Brighton uh, 1-0, but this isn't, isn't about the Brighton uh, match per se, and it's more just about their season and the players that may have some potential moving forward. Uh, Dave, you've seen them a good deal this season, yes? Yes. Well, yes. Oh, 50%, maybe a little bit less. That's that's. Uh, I think I caught. I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting <laughs> to be putting on the uh, on the spot there. So yeah, but I've I've seen them enough. You don't have to like show me your punch card. <laughs> <or anything. laughs> uh, so um, I guess uh, the the obvious thing uh, for for folks that maybe haven't seen them enough, or maybe people who have and kind of uh, players with potential. That I think that's a big thing is players with first-team potential that are, are maybe with the squad right now. Um, this season, I think uh, Bas Sambo led, led the squad with nine goals. Uh, Fraser Hornby had four, Broadhead had four, and Josh Bowler had three. Um, and then you look at the appearances. I mean, the players that played the most this season, Broadhead, Sambo, uh, is it Adiniron? Dennis. Dennis Adiniron? I, I, I say... Adrian Bolam, I could be well off myself. It's it's a name I've only ever seen wrote, not spoke. So apologies if I have it wrong. I've never actually heard someone say it, except mm. for when we were like purchasing him, and I read that. What is so, it, yeah. Do you know? I don't know. It, it's A D E, isn't it? It starts with A D E. Yeah, it's it's spelled A D E N I R O N. So it's like Adnaron. You know what, right? Like I I was on a pod a few weeks ago with. Um, uh, all together now pod it's another good mm -hmm. show uh, yeah. people should check out but anyway and this same subject come up and his name again and I didn't I got it completely wrong I apologised and I was like I come away I said to the lads next time I'm going to get his name and here we are a few weeks later and I'm still <laughs> completely messed it up I mean he's a good young player he, he made 21 yeah, appearances this season I mean he was joint in, in appearances in terms of most appearances this season with Broadhead and Sambo. Uh, he's a good player. I've just never heard people say his name out loud. <laughs> That's just all it is. Uh, Markelo's a player who's who's also started to come on. He had 18 appearances this season. Uh, Feeney, Charlesley, Bowler, Hornby. These are the players that play the most. However, that doesn't necessarily give – because uh, our, our third-string keeper made, made, made some uh, good appearances this season as well in turn um, – Jao uh, Virginia. So – uh, Dave, give us a lead off a little bit on when you've actually watched them. Who's who do you think has impressed, and who do you think's got some? And, and I didn't mention Lewis Gibson, who's been back in the squad recently too, who is a good young player. Mm -hmm. um, who stuck out for you as having maybe some first team potential? And then we'll we'll head it over to Max. Yeah, I think uh, Virginia is a looks like a really good goalkeeper. From, from I, th I think I might have covered his first game for Everton, and then he really stood out. Um, commanding, good shot stopper, but uh, you know, it just very, very vocal. Um, I think that's such an underrated quality within a goalkeeper because it gives the defence so much confidence. Um, ironically, I saw the Toffee Blues tweet out that he may be um, the reserve goalkeeper next season. I don't know if that's going to be the case or not, but if it is, that's really good news, I think. Um, talking of Dennis played safe 
Um, I think he's really, I think he's a really good player actually. I know we we we're kind of having a joke about him, but in that centre of midfield, he's he's really really good at kind of exploding into a press. The way Unzuin mm-hmm. seems to play certainly out of out of possession is almost like a five four one, mm-hmm. um, and the. They, they almost have a low block and that they'll sit and relinquish possession for the opposition to bring it forward. But while they're passing it across their back line, trying to carve open spaces to play through, Everton have got this pounce in them that he often leads where they'll just charge the central defender really quickly. It's resulted in a few errors leading to goals. So I think he's really good. I like Hornby. I think he leads the line well, but similar to Calvert-Lewin, he's not really scoring a lot of goals, but... Mm. Um, he's got he's really good in the air um, good at pressing the ball um, Josh Bowler's doing seems to be kind of coming into his own a little bit I feel like did we buy him from Fulham or somewhere like that can anyone Quick remember QPR QPR, QPR. yeah um, yeah he seems to be doing quite well broadhead as well um, so there's, there is good talent in there there's, I've got a few reservations I'll come on to a little bit later after Max has had a little chat about it but um yeah, I think there's some good players in there. I'm not really sure who's who was ready to make the step up, except for the goalkeeper, though. Gotcha. Max, what are your thoughts on a U23 squad whenever you've seen them? Anybody who you've thought, wow, they stick out? Yeah, I, I kind of echo what Dave said. In, in the, other than the goalkeeper, I'm not 100% sure on who's you know ready to make that leap into first team. Um, I think, regardless, I think you've got to give a, a huge shout out to Morgan Feeney this season because yeah. if, if I'm not wrong didn't he have a pretty bad knee injury not too long ago that he, that he bounced back from and mm-hmm. he was um, he was part of the the team that won it two years ago and obviously mm-hmm. you know to to this for this season round be wearing the armband and to be lifting the trophy that's a huge compliment to him you know he's obviously got that confidence from being in a in a league winning team and he's carrying that forward um yeah, and obviously the you know the the one do stick out is like you know the handful that you see in playing the Europa League against Limassol. Like I see, I've seen a bit of Anthony Gordon. I think Anthony yeah. Gordon looks a, a real good player. Mm-hmm. Um, Sambu looks decent, and then you see the you see the lads who get the um, the big goals throughout this league campaign. I think it was a broader who scored at Anfield. Uh, yeah, I think he did get a goal broader. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, and Bowler obviously got the um, the one against Brighton. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, those players scored the decisive goals, and um, I'd be interesting to keep in my eye on Lewis Gibson in, in the next coming yeah. years because he seems everything you know, like in terms of his career trajectory, you know, he looks on set to be, you know, the, an, yeah. a, an elite level player at the top level from, you know, going from Newcastle to Everton for a, you know, top, what was it, one million, two million, which is big money for a player around that age. So, you know, it looks like he's got the the, the skills and, and the mindset. That looks to carry him into into senior football. So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that goes carrying forward. I just read that uh, story in the Echo uh, interview with him uh, with Gibson, and not just because he has the same last name as me, just because <laughs> I'm I'm trying to find a lot of like player stories about how they got to where they are, and I'm like sending them to my wife because we just kind of find this stuff fascinating because you know we've got two kids that love the sport. And we want to kind of know how it works and what other people's experiences are like and that kind of stuff, like becoming uh, their journey, you know, kind of yeah. learning their journey. Uh, so I, I totally sent that to my wife to check out because he seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. Seems like he's yeah. a pretty sharp kid. 
Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me, uh, I don't know if you guys would agree, to see Feeney go on loan next season, maybe get some more consistent games at a higher level in order to kind of let people like Gibson and maybe is it uh, uh, Azundis, Colin Azundis, is that his name? Yeah. yeah or Azunidis or something, uh, that, uh, to see them get more minutes. Um, and see some of these older guys uh, maybe go out and maybe get a little bit more hardened, um, consistent. Uh, but there's some players, some of these players are going to be out of contract soon, though, by the way. And I'm curious, like a player like Bas Sambu, who I think is out of contract soon, does, does Everton re sign him, or is it a situation where they just sort of let him go because they're mm-hmm. worried he's not ready to make a step up? Yeah, um, well, that's it. I think you've just really kind of hit the nail on the head at where some of these players are. They need to now go off and play competitive football. And, all right, the PL2 is competitive football, but it's between your own peer group, often playing in, in front of mums and dads. You know, you want to start going and playing football again for people who are paying the hard-earned yeah. money for teams that they, they love. And then you'll kind of find out exactly where you are. And that's my biggest reservation about this current Everton side, under-23 side, is a lot of them, I know there's a few that have been out, but a lot of them who won that haven't got a lot of football league experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a few of them I'd like to see go out there and kind of prove the worth and then come back and, and we can kind of gauge where they're at. Mm. It'd be, it'd be nice to see, you know, in, in the in the coming years, to see maybe some some of the play the youth players coming through, establish themselves as, as you know valuable squad players. Because you know, if you look, look back on the years, you have got the likes of James Vaughan, Victor Anichebe, and then you know even Leon Osman, Tony Abbott, real kind mm. of squad players that have been of use. Yeah. Um, and Can I? Go on. Go on, sorry, mate. No, I was I was changing direction, so I want to wait. <laughs> No, I was just going to say, because I got a point I said last time as well, like other than Wayne Rooney, Ross Barkley, Tom Davies, none of them have really been able to cut it for the first mm-hmm. team. So, yeah, we've yeah, had a that. few close calls, but none of them have really kind of come through. Yeah, the, the only thing I was going to say, and I'll, I, I suppose it's to an extent devil's advocate, putting a negative spin on it, it's not really meant to be like that, but it'd be nice to get other people's opinion on it. Obviously, you two included, but um, my only reservation is right. So, Everton's under Unsworth, you play like a, I've touched on it already, like a out of possession. It's like a 5 4 1 formation, the line on the wing backs, but it's they do sit quite deep and they seem happy to, from what I've seen anyway. Now, I, I must put the caveat in, I haven't seen every single game, but from what I've seen, they play completely different to how the first team play. We had the same conversation at the beginning of the last pod, Dave. No, 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 no. No, it's good. No, it's good. It's good. It's. I think everybody touching on this is important. Is the idea of having a style kind of implemented Mm. at many ages that feeds into the senior team. I mean, that's where you're going, right? Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, yeah, we want competitive underage divisions, of course, because you want that competitive edge to grow within, but. These these divisions are there to ultimately progress players, and if you've got a player who's fitted really well to David Unsworth's system, he's doing really well. And we go right, okay, let's bump him up and give him a go. He's coming into a completely different squad, completely different playing style, and 
how is he going to make an impact in a, a 20 minute cameo appearance when it, it's, it's a completely different kind of um, environment and playing style for him to come in and I think it can hinder them and I just wonder whether sometimes it, are we too results driven at that level rather than progressing players you know we won the league two, two three seasons ago I can't remember which one and I think Max has basically just said it. How many of them have really come through? And I, I think Davis and Calvert Lewin were half yeah, in, half out. Yeah. yeah, they were half in, half out, but they weren't playing every single week in there, were they? Um, so yeah, that's that's my only reservation. I I, I, I perhaps rather see us playing. I, I, well, I said it's really difficult. You don't want to slant underneath the winning the league and doing a really good job. But I said there's just maybe that. Playing that devil's advocate role, yeah. There's a few it, like, like you said, it, it it aids with that transition, doesn't it? And yeah. I just 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 to ask you as well, because obviously when you when you look at this squad that have won the league, it seemed like it, in with with juxtaposes the you know the first league winning team that they've been brought in say within the last year or so from different you know like for example Virginia coming in from Arsenal, mm. Gibson coming in from Newcastle, Dennis came in from Fulham. Yeah. Like you know, they, they've been brought in to do. My man. Yeah, <laughs> they've been brought in to do you know specific jobs, possibly for the unswear system. So mm. you know, I, I I agree that that it's a hundred percent a hindrance on on the transition into the first team. And then you look at the um, the classic examples where youth production and that transition to football in um, the first team all, almost seems seamless. You know. Right now, it's you know the trendy thing to be to be on the the Ajax bandwagon in it, and yeah. Barcelona have had that for many years, which kind of aids them with the transition. So, and I remember I think um, Denise Barrett Baxendale saying about my Marcel Brands that he wants the kids to all play the same way. Mm-hmm. So that might be you know I think this is something that we'll see emerge over the next couple of years. Do you think that mm-hmm. this is going to see Unsworth move on? You know what I mean? Because I, I, I think that's something yeah. he's going to need to do to take the step up anyway. You know? Yeah, poss- possibly. And obviously, you've got he turned down the, the Oxford United job. But I'll just I'll say what I always say when it comes to Wunderwerth. He's so talented when it comes to youth football, like in terms of working with young players for the development, for you know the mental aspect, the psychological aspects. I think he does them the world of good. I remember seeing an article the other day criticizing him for. For using too many f bombs and what have you, but you know sometimes tough love is what you need at that level. And I don't know. Obviously, you know if, you, if you're speaking more objectively, yeah, he does need to make that jump to to managing a, a first team himself. But who knows? I know that's obviously that's something that's contested between Evertonians that we we just seem to employ former players for the sake of giving them a job. But you get examples such as David Unsworth where. You know, they proved to be successful. Sorry, Max. I was smiling because you you were talking about him dropping F-bombs and immediately I thought of Big Lebowski when the this stranger, Sam Elliott, says, do you have to use so many curse words? <laughs> the fuck yes. you talking about, man? <laughs> immediately I thought of, like, the dude says F-bombs, you know? So Unsworth yeah. should be able to. It should be fine. <laughs> uh <laughs> Uh, Dave, what do you think? Uh, do you think it's a possibility that um, Bronze and Silva would talk to Unsworth about altering style, or it's a thing where they're just going to bring someone else in who may be a little bit more 
Because, I mean, Unsworth, I'm sure, is a guy who can probably adapt, but I think he has certain styles that he prefers to run. Mm. Yeah, I think hopefully that awkward conversation won't be necessary because, as we've just said, you know, where, where does he want to take his progression now? He's won the title twice mm. at, at this at this level. He needs to go and bite the bullet and do it at a football league club now and start earning working his way up the divisions if he's if he's good enough um you know it, this really shouldn't be a job for life for them um so yeah i think when he does go then we we try and bring someone in uh who's going to be replicating something similar to what the first team are doing uh, and uh, yeah i'd like to think brands if if we're switched on enough to be talking about it then they're probably five steps ahead of us, so hopefully that's going to be going to be on on the cards in the summer. Awesome. All right. Anything else on the U23s, guys? Anybody? Any names you want to throw out there? Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. I want to. I want to throw. Uh, I want to mention one other player uh, that that Marcolo kid. I do think he's pretty solid. He was brought in to be like a mm. right back, but he started playing. A little bit more center, like kind of a kind of center defensive mid, kind of that player, and he's he's looked good every time I've watched them. So that's that is another player. I don't think he's ready, but he still has looked solid when I've watched them. So um, again, there's good talent. I'm really curious to see how they're going to move forward, though. That is the question: What next for the 23s? That really is the pertinent question. So, yeah. All right. So that's it for our U23 segment. It's not going to be the last one we do. I can see us doing another one in the next few weeks. May have another guest. Tease. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for, if you know your history, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits David against Max in a cage match of Toffee's wit and might. Wow, that's the fastest I've ever done it. Alert the media, I didn't screw it up. This is a penalty shootout style quiz. We're not, it is not a starting 11 quiz. So uh, it may be a little harder than the normal quiz Max. So, you know, Max being a little, you know, hungover. It's not the hardest though, there's no math. So you don't have to worry about your brain deciding to turn on itself. Uh, so the way it's going to work is I'm going to flip some sort of, uh, not a coin, but something similar. One of these guys will call it, one will get to go first, and it'll be like a shootout. One shoots, one tries to save, the one who's closest either makes it or saves it. We'll do uh, best of four, and if it's still tied after four questions, we'll have a tiebreaker. It's like a shootout. Yeah. All right, so there, there it is. I mean, if you don't understand it by now, I don't know what to do for you. All right, really. So uh, anyway, let's let's we're gonna we're gonna. I don't have a anything to flip except for this thing. So Dave, I'm gonna let you call it in the air. This is heads. This is tails. All right, call it. Heads. Dave is called heads. And re- regret to inform, yeah, it is tails. Look like this. Okay. Max. I had no idea what I was calling. That was the worst equipment you've ever caught. Ever caught <laughs> I wish people could see what you've just told. It was going to be heads and tails. <laughs> just, just, just for the for the podcast listener, can you describe what that was? Okay, so I, I, I've mentioned this a few times. See, I used to use a memory card, but now I don't have an extra memory card, so that one's being used. So now it's a GoPro stand. It is a tiny little 
plastic stand. One side is flat. That is our tails. And one side <laughs> is the mount. And that's the heads. Excellent. It's the well, only yeah. flippable thing I have. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. So, so it's either that or I have you guys guess one or two, which really I should be doing anyway. Damn it, why didn't I think of that before? All right, so <laughs> Max wants to go second. I don't even need to ask him. So, uh, yeah, he nodded, so I, I was right. So, uh, editor, Ben, I'm assuming it's you. Please uh, cue intense quiz music. And there it is. It's a builder. Uh, you, know, you know, Ben, if you don't want to use the intense quiz music, you could just use some kind of game show music, whatever you want. Uh, I like when you're creative, just saying. And you can even leave that part in. Maybe it'd be funny if you shift music in the middle of it. So, here we go. Quiz begins now. Dave, it is your shot. Question one. Leighton Baines is ninth in the table of the most consecutive appearances for Everton in all matches. How many consecutive appearances did he make for Everton between the first game, and that was December 20th, 2009, and the last game, April 7th, 2012. Jesus Christ. Is that over? Why does it go to... Two, why does it stop in 2012? I think those are consecutive appearances. Oh, okay. Oh, how many did he make? Yes. From 2009, was that? Yes, it was December 20th, 2009 to April 7th, 2012. I mean, it should really just be some simple maths that I'm giving Max an advantage to get to here. <laughs> um, uh, I'd say 166. 166. All right. Max, what do you think? I'll say 200. 200. Actual retail price. <laughs> uh, Leighton Baines played in 110 consecutive games 109 starts and one sub appearance dave makes it i mean that that should be half a point at best really he was a good 56 away but (laughs) (laughs) it's still closest it counts all right max your shot man how much did everton sign aruna kone for oh god I've had a laugh for this, I've got to pop out in the air, five million. Max says five million. Dave. You know, asked me two years ago, I would have known this, because I used to ram it down people's throats. <laughs> um, I'm going to say... Uh, you know who's ruining me here, James McCarthy, for 13 million. Um... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be a horrible person here. Sorry, Max. I'm gonna go four million. And you know, Dave, had you been a horrible person in the ad, in the other direction, you would have been much closer. Uh, Six point five million. Six point five million. So Max gets the gets. You know, he makes a shot here. All right. So one one after uh, after two two questions, Dave. Andre Gomez is the most carded player for Everton this season, despite having the sexiest beard on earth. <laughs> How many cards does he have this season? Um, 
Eight. Eight, says Dave. Max. Seven. <laughs> you even bad man. Hey, it's it's the prices it's the prices right strategic. And guess what, gentlemen? Andre Gomez has seven yellow cards this season. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you're off the Christmas card list. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Max, you make this, you win. Really? Believe it or not. <laughs> Actually, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. Yeah, that is right. All right. So, Max, what was Joseph Yobo's first Everton squad number? Oh, 16. Max says 16. Dave? Uh, um, I'll, I'll say 20. Correct answer. Gentlemen, 20 was correct. That was judge. I'm thinking of judge. So, tiebreaker, guys. Tiebreaker. <clears throat> so this one would go to uh, this one goes to Dave. Joel yeah. or Joel Robles made 65 mm-hmm. appearances for Everton. How many clean sheets did Robles have? Four. Uh, he played 65 times. You said. That's correct. Uh, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna think it's that anything impressive. I'm gonna go with twenty-two. Twenty-two. Says Dave. Mm. Max um, for the win. Seventeen. Seventeen. Oh, I swear, if it's seventeen, I'll cry. For those of you who are hoping to hear Dave cry today. You're going to have to wait to next time. Robles made t- 25 clean sheets. Ooh. His was closer. Dave has taken Max today in this cage match. Max's alcohol-addled brain actually did pretty well. I'll be honest. <laughs> Max on a bad day is better than normal humans on a good day. Uh, <laughs> Dave. It, it feels a little bit like a loss because I don't know hungover Max is actually, but I've scraped through by the skin of my teeth. Uh, so, uh, Max, good job, buddy. Uh, you know, next time, just, uh, you know, get home a few hours earlier and you'll have it, you know? Uh, <laughs> it was not easy. Uh, I mean, really. <laughs> um, so, Dave, congratulations. Your, your reward today is getting to pick the tune we close the show out to. So, what tune do you want to hear or do you want people to hear as we close the show okay uh, i'll choose life of riley by the lightning seeds life of riley mm. by the lightning seeds david as expected something way too cool for me to know about so explain oh. explain to me this uh, the lightning seeds song because i have i heard it somewhere before Definitely would have. Um, uh, it's. I, 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 it has a connotation with some sort of. And for those who can't see what I'm doing right now, I'm Googling for the life of me where it's what it used to be on. Um, but it, it does have a football related. Oh, I can't find it. Sorry. Someone, someone will probably comment on it on what it is. But it's just a, one, it's a really good song. And two, um, it does have football connotations. It, it used to be the theme tune of a over in the UK. Yeah, um, 
I think it was a football highlights program, but can't wait for someone to correct us on that in the comments section. But either way, it's a fantastic tune, and if you haven't heard it, you should check it out. It's a classic. If if it was uh, a, if you if you were using it in the soundtrack for a film, what kind of scene would it be? In? Um, no. Maybe at the end where everything's worked out and you're walking down the street, I'd say that's a pretty much a happy ending tune. Understood. That that actually helps me envision what you're talking about pretty easily. Awesome. All right. So uh, I like this. Every once in a while, these guys drop a, a little uh, music knowledge and it, it helps me uh, expand my catalog. Max has done that a time or two. Uh, Terry has done that a time or two. And Tom did that with the I think the one time he said uh, was it uh, Belter uh, <laughs> but Jerry Cinnamon he even spells his name the right way it was great uh, yeah. so I, I've discovered all kinds of awesome shit from these guys it's awesome um, so uh, guys that's uh, as we're as we're closing out to Life of Riley uh, doing you know Life of Riley Lightning Seeds I got that right now I don't I only sound yeah. sort of old uh, it's time to end the show uh Jerry, this this song is really your your. Is it my era? I'll be honest. Yeah, like uh, released second of March, nineteen ninety two, which ironically is the, my date of birth. So no wonder, like that it. was, I was in the heart of a uh, of high school or at the end of middle school at that point. That's how old I am. Everyone now knows. No, there we go. It's, yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, as we're closing out to that, it's time to end the show. Um, if you've been listening via podcast, thanks so much. If you would subscribe to the Top of Blues podcast, we'd really appreciate it. Leave us a kind review. It says, hey, Dave, we miss you, but we know why you're not here. Okay? It's okay. We keep feeding this awesome shit. And uh, so, so um, also, if you get a hair up your ass to see our faces, just know... It's not that a great experience, but it, we do have a YouTube channel if you want to do that. Uh, they have beards. I don't. There you go. I spoiled it for you. Um, so, yeah, subscribe to us on the YouTube channel, too, if you want to. Why not? It doesn't hurt you. Um, if you want more Dave, uh, check his Twitter. He'll tell you where he's got some of the stuff that he does. Uh, otherwise, just keep an eye on uh, all over the place because his stuff drops all over. Yeah. Uh, if you want more Max... Uh, check uh, check his Twitter. He'll tell you when he's going to be there. But also the Top of Blues website. He has analysis. Drop it on there. And uh, just, you know, if you want to also follow the Top of Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, I got no more plugging. No more. I'm done with the plugging. I'm unplugged. I have nothing else. Uh, Dave, thanks so much, man. It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to be back. Enjoy Yeah, it. Max, take care of yourself, man. I, I look forward to a full strength Max later on. Cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk, take care, and for everybody else out there, hope you enjoyed uh, enjoyed the win. And here's to more happening later. And bye. <laughs> <laughs>